0: You are listening to the Blessed Sacrament Roman Catholic Parish podcast. We are disciples in mission who know God, love God, and serve God. Less than a hundred years ago, the government of Mexico, under the despotic presidency of Plutarco Calles, launched one of the most vicious. Persecutions known to history against the Holy Catholic Church and all who held it dear, laity and clergy alike. Caius, an ideological Marxist, believed that the Church was not only archaic and a medieval relic of the past, But he also thought that the church was dangerous to civic life, at least the version of civic life that he wanted to engineer for the people of Mexico. Caes was not a stupid man. He recognized that Christ and his church were an authority that contested his own authority, an authority that he took as his own and not the will of the people. He knew he had to eradicate the church first and foremost, and then he wanted to educate the children in government schools and secure their allegiance through the curriculum, through revisionist history, and putting people against each other through race, class, and social constructs, such as the destruction of the family. This should sound familiar to us a 100 years later, as we too, with open eyes, see this happening all around in our country. You see, radical social reformers and political messiahs, like Kaes or Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Klaus Schwab, the Executive Chairman of the World Economic Forum, And many people at all levels of governments in the United States always live in fear of the Catholic Church because she, and only she, instructs her children that they do not belong to this world. Holy Mother Church, like any good parent knows what is best for her children and forbids us from conforming our lives to the standards of the leaders of this world. We Christians have a freedom that all tyrants dread. We fear nothing in this world or at least should not fear things of this world except for sin. And when this is true, we cannot be controlled by anything or anyone except the one we worship, Jesus Christ. He and he alone is to be our master for we cannot serve two masters. If this is the case then, what can the world threaten to take away from us as Christians? Money, poverty, and assets? Let them. Our master was the definition of poverty prestige and honor, lit them. Our master emptied himself of the glory that was rightly his when he chose to become one of us. Status and reputation, go ahead, take it. Our master was a convicted criminal in their silly courts. They thought him accursed by both God and man and how wrong they were. How about comfort and life? They're already doing just that with dreadful economic policies and abortion and euthanasia. Our master chose to suffer and die And in doing so, he forever defeated suffering and death. In the letter to the Hebrews that we read today, Christ Jesus tells us that he endured such opposition from sinners in order that we may not grow weary and lose heart. If we are Christ's, then our hearts are indeed free, as we cannot be controlled by anything or anyone, because Christ has conquered the world, and he has defeated even death itself. I'm not saying that we shouldn't obey just laws. I'm saying that we can challenge laws that are not in line with the teachings of Christ, and we may have to do so someday in the not-too-distant future. Right now, for example, in Canada, there are two priests in jail, one for teaching the sanctity of marriage, and the other for not violating the seal of the confessional. This is Canada, not some forgotten third world country in the back of beyond. But that's just the point. Our hearts either belong to Christ or they belong to this world. Our hearts either belong to faith, hope and love In other words, to Christ? Or they belong to the world, the flesh, and the disordered self. The things of the Antichrist. Again, we cannot serve two masters. This is what our Lord means when he says that he has come not to establish peace, but division. In nineteen twenty-six, Caes declared that the political revolution must urgently be followed by everyone. He said we must penetrate and take hold of the minds of the children and the youth. Because the children must also belong to the revolution. This is exactly what Karl Marx said. Caius promoted the alternative to God the great provider and turned the law against the church to disassemble any semblance of authentic Catholic identity and make him Caius the provider. Church teaching on morality was the first to go, followed by rejection of the authority of the Pope to guide people in matters of life and faith. He abolished Catholic schools and mandated that all children attend government schools and changed the curriculum to be decidedly anti Catholic. He even forbade the use of the word adios, which means go with God. Using it carried a hefty fine. Most clergy were expelled from the country. And those who remained in Mexico were forbidden from speaking in public, wearing clerical clothing, and even from voting. When people came to their local church one Sunday morning, when they came for mass, they found their buildings torn apart by government workers. The Blessed Sacrament desecrated, and their priest hanging from the rafters. Think it won't happen here? In 2020, again in Canada, churches burned to the ground, and the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, hasn't prosecuted anyone for these crimes, even though they know who did it. In New Zealand, the Catholic schools must teach government curriculum on same-sex marriage and other distinctly anti-Catholic teachings because the schools take government money. Think what will happen Maybe when those vouchers come our way to our Catholic schools, we'll be taking government money. Priests and nuns in New Zealand have had their visas denied and have had to leave the country. Blessed are you, says the Lord, when they revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. In Mexico on November 23rd in the year 1927, Father Pro, a much-beloved 36-year-old priest had the ultimate opportunity to prove his love for Christ and the church when he was arrested and convicted without a trial, stood before a firing squad, extended his arms in the form of a cross, and shouted, "Viva!" Christore. Long live Christ the King. That day, he joined 90,000 others who shed their blood over a three-year period because they would not forsake Christ. You may wonder why I bring all of this up. After all, we live in the United States. I say these things because the thought of persecution and martyrdom should never remain too far from the Christian conscience. Our readings today were all about this very thing. Jeremiah's message was so unwelcome in his day and age that he found himself thrown into a well of mud to suffer and die a slow death. St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews exhorts us to stand strong in the face of opposition. And our Lord in the gospel warns that he brings opposition and division, even into families. Persecution is nothing new to Christians and the battle between heaven and hell rages on and our hearts are between them. Both sides are in fact fighting right now for our allegiance and our heart. where will it go? Thank you for listening to the Blessed Sacrament Roman Catholic Parish podcast. We are disciples in mission who know God, love God, and serve God.